Hi there. Welcome to the Day in Sports podcast. We have a big show for you today. It's huge. NFL preview coming up of a big slate of games this weekend. We're going to cover Southern Illinois Barry Hinson coach and his rant, was it fair or foul? Uh, we're going to do the top duos in the NBA and in hockey. Maybe we can fit this time in, since we forgot, a Desolation of Smaug review and a little bit more coming up on the podcast. And welcome into the podcast, Adam Hawking, Ben Sherman. You can find us on Twitter, TDIS underscore Humblebrag. Ben's just getting loose right now. You can find us on iTunes. And the coolest thing about that is we have a parental advisory sticker. So Explicit. We're just like the Wu-Tang Clan over yeah. here. Like I, Snoop. I think like every once, every like 10 podcasts, maybe 12, an F-bomb is dropped. But We try not to, but we forget that we're being recorded. Passionate and passionate. We are passionate. I got a My point. wife! Sorry. I got a funny joke to tell you about that later. Uh, about passion? Yeah, it's too explicit for this. Okay. But isn't it cool that we have a sticker now that says parental advisory? Yeah. We're dangerous, ladies. Really dangerous. We should get it tattooed on our backs. Tramp stamp. Yep. We can do we a tramp do stamp. That. Matching tramp we stamps. can do that. It's branding. That's that's just big business. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some NFL. Big weekend. Big. Well, weekend. after I was just like trying to do my picks for the pick down, and it, I got so far inside my own head I had to take a break, because there's a big bunch of garbage games out there. But there's some good ones. Yeah, there are two. Let's discuss the good ones. Okay. And then we'll do like three hours on all the bad games. Garbage have zero playoff implications. Three hours of just a garbage fire. We're going to break down Browns, Jets for about a day. I just threw up in my mouth. Patriots at the Ravens. Yee! That's a big one, because the Ravens, if they went out, annoyingly enough, they were 4-6, and six, now they're 8-6. and six. If they went out, they'll play the Bengals the last week of the year, and they'll get a home game to start the playoffs. Woo! Who do you like in the Patriots-Ravens game, and why? I don't like the Ravens at all. They just, like, they've stumbled against some questionable competition. Their offense struggled to put points on the board against uh, Detroit. Yeah, six field goals. Whatever that is. And they really, they struggle against, I mean, they struggle to beat a very porous Vikings defense, too. So Yeah, they've looked... Even in their wins, they've looked bad. I picked uh, Baltimore just because they're at home, and I kind of did it to spite myself. Mm-hmm. Usually, I will pick against a team just out of dislike, and I really don't like the Ravens, not only because they beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl last year, but because I just thought, this is not a very good team winning the Super Bowl, and I kind of feel the same way this week, mm-hmm. um, or this year, I should say. But the offensive line is better. Flacco kind of does his weird Flacco thing where he looks awful and then throws, you know, a couple of long bombs that end up being game-turning plays. So, I don't know, and Baltimore's really good at home. Yeah. Um, so, I'll pick Baltimore this week. You've got the Patriots? I think so. Tom, I'm terrific. I haven't gone that far, but, um, yeah, I think that would probably be what I'm... I just think the Patriots are a better team. Yeah, I Even mean, I agree with you. Gronkowski. Gronkowski is the thing that's giving me pause. Well, then, how did their... I mean, their defense hasn't looked spectacular. Baltimore's? Yeah. No, I mean, you can run on them, which is kind of surprising with Holodinata in there. Yeah. Um, but you can run on them. I think they're 
in the twenties against the run. Um, so you know, I, I mean, can you really name if you were to name the Ravens' best player, you might say Ray Rice. And, yeah, and they can't run the ball this year. No, he's had a terrible season. Yeah. I mean, probably the worst, probably the worst of his career. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Dennis Pitta's back, but if Dennis Pitta, Torrey Smith, and Ray Rice are your kind of Big three, I just can't see you going that far in the playoffs, but I'll take him this week. I like Torrey Smith a lot as like a number two guy. He's not a number one. He guy. just runs one route. Yeah, I and mean, he, and that's fine. They miss Bolden though, who yeah. who could do the underneath stuff. He's a, he's he was their number one guy. I mean, yeah, they don't have one now. Who does number two work for? The Ravens. Poop. <laughs> Colts at Chiefs. I feel like we've kind of forgotten a little bit about the Colts. Yeah, because they played so bad. I mean, they got blown out by the Rams. Mm-hmm. They, they just had some ugly games, barely beating the Titans without Reggie Wayne. Yeah. They go to Arrowhead. Now, the Chiefs still have a lot to play for because if they win out and the Broncos stumble somewhere, mm-hmm. the Chiefs could lock up the one seed. Truth. Despite losing to the Broncos twice. Who do you like? I, I pick the Chiefs. I just yeah. think at home, healthier team and just a better team. How can you pick? A, I mean, they've lost, what, three games this year? Two of them to Denver? Yeah, and, and three in a row, so it was kind of all just bunched in one area of the schedule. Yeah, I, I kind of see this being a statement game for them and them coming out and, and putting a pretty aggressive heel of the boot to the throat of Andrew Luck. Yeah, it, it sort of seems like for Indy it's Andrew Luck versus the world. Um, but yeah, Andrew Luck, I, you know, it's a lot to ask, as good as he is, of a second-year guy. To just say, hey, there's T.Y. Hilton. You yeah. guys go win the game. Yeah, and, I mean, and Trent Richardson has been an enormous disappointment, I think. He today. has. I don't get that. He's not, I don't think he ever was as good as he was built up to be. He played in a yeah. system that made it easy for him. He was running through holes the size of dump trucks. and. Yeah, I mean, they had like three or four All-Americans, a couple first-round picks on that <clears throat> offensive line. Yeah. Um, Eddie Lacy... Um, if you compare the two, is by the far better the better back. back. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I think one of the things going on a little bit of a tangent is guys that come out of Alabama just get worn out yeah. because they play in the SEC and especially running backs. That's a running. I mean, if you start for two or three years at mm-hmm. Bama, that's like a year and a half in the NFL. They get some wear and tear there. And Nick Saban is not a running back by committee kind of a guy. He likes to pick no. one person and kind of ride him, ride him. You know, Lane Kiffin, incidentally is meeting with Nick Saban. I heard about that. Giving him some analysis on on the Alabama offense. So, look out. What, do they pay him to do that? Lane Kiffin's probably paying Nick Saban. To come yeah. right He's like, like, hey, can I have a sleepover? Hey, I'll, I'll pay you to come and uh, give you some advice yeah. that you can really just toss in the garbage. Give you some give you some little nuggets. I, I don't know. Lane Kiffin is a, he's a horse of a different color. We're going to talk, actually, later. I forgot to mention this in the little intro, because I always uh, get nervous. Yeah. Um, or excited. But we're going to talk least favorite athletes, and maybe we can throw in coaches as well. Lane Kiffin might be part of that discussion. He could be. I don't hate him as much as I think a lot of people do. Okay. We'll people, talk about it. People in Tennessee hate him. That's true. They really hate Gonna him. Going to sing Rocky Top all night after we beat Florida, which they did. And then he left. Ugh. Back on track here. Saints and Saints. Panthers. Ugh. Uh, both 10 and 4. It's essentially for the division. Um the Saints blew Carolina out when Carolina went to New Orleans. I thought that was a bit of an aberration. I think Carolina's a better football team, mm-hmm. and they're at home, better defense. I, I kind of like Carolina in this game. I think New I think New Orleans is in their head. Ooh, that could be. Um, I, I gave a little bit of like just Drew Brees mojo thought yeah. in that pick. I, this is another one that I was just kind of like, I, I felt like I overanalyzed. I just sat there for minutes and minutes staring and thinking, 
If we've learned anything, it's that we should think less. Yeah. About pretty much everything. Everything. But mostly our picks. Um, yeah, I, I think more than anything, I think the Saints' defense might be in Cam's head. He had such a terrible game. Yeah, Rob Ryan um, mixes it up. A lot of exotic looks. And he's Rob Ryan's a good enough defensive coordinator to, you know, if that's all he's got is kind of get in somebody's head, even if he doesn't have most athletic guys playing for him, uh, he can do pretty well with that, I think. So you like the Saints. I like the Panthers. Yeah, the yeah. Um, Cardinals at Seahawks. Big game because the Cardinals are chasing Carolina and San Francisco for the wild card spot. They're nine and five. Uh, if Seattle wins, they clinch home field throughout the playoffs, right? As well as the NFC West. I think the Seahawks are going to blow them out. You it's, think it's in Seattle? Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald may or may not play, and I think the Cardinals are a, a fraudulent nine and five. Maybe the worst nine and five team I've ever seen. But I, I've been saying that since they were like six and five. I'm just sticking to my guns. I'm going down with the I hate the Cardinals ship. I, you know, I feel like you put the Cardinals in the same boat as some of those other teams you just really have a distaste for. I don't really dislike the Cardinals. Really? That's the thing. I just don't believe that you can win anything significant with Carson Palmer ah, yeah, in right. a bad offensive line. I, I, There's no way Arizona's going to be the first team to beat Seattle at home. In how, how I hope so. Games. I would love it. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. I think Carson Palmer is... This might be the day that they turn him into a corpse. Yeah, actually, Carson. I was reading an article a few years ago, and Carson. They were talking about like head trauma and safety, and Carson Palmer was saying, "I'm worried that someday somebody's going to die on the field." Ironically, I think it might be Carson Palmer you this might, week. You might be the first one that I've seen. Yeah, so I think Seattle probably throttles Arizona yeah. with a lot on the line, and then uh, effectively ends their their chances at making the playoffs. That defense is is pretty aggressive and really. Put Richard Sherman on Larry Fitzgerald and safety over. help over the top, and what else do they have? Yeah, not not a whole lot. No. Um, last game, let's just preview a little bit. Bears at Eagles, both eight and six, both in their respective division races. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny because a few years ago, this would have been like a real defensive battle, and yeah. now I think the Bears are the worst defense stopping the run. The Eagles are one of the worst defenses in the league. I don't know why I picked the Bears but I wouldn't know why I would pick the Eagles either. I just like Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall and, yeah. and Matt Forte a little bit more than I like the Eagles skill people. Jay Cutler's back. Cutler's back. I think he gives them confidence, even though McCown was playing great. Who do you like Bears at Philly? I haven't actually landed on this one yet. I'm, okay. I'm up in the air. I don't know. Um, like Clooney. I, up in the air. I know. Just like uh, Clooney trying to save Sandra Bullock's life because she's a useless ass. Lost in space. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is really tough. I mean, Philly's defense is... Really bad. I mean, really, really. They, bad. they had trouble covering, you know, Cordell Patterson, Jerome Simpson, and Greg Jennings, and now you're looking at Brandon Marshall, Elshon Jeffrey, Martellus, Martellus Bennett. Bennett, Matt Forte. I mean, I think it's, I think it's probably, you know, gonna swing a little bit towards the Bears, but at the same time, so Sean McCoy runs for 350 yards, which he could yeah. against the league's worst running defense. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna be a tough one. It's a pick'em game. How are you? Are you still confident on the Nick Foles bandwagon as as the weather turns and we get you know big you know playoff type football? I like him simply for the fact that he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and even yeah. when they're kind of getting their butts kicked, he plays with a lot of points. He also ran for like 50 yards the other week, which yeah. is bizarre. Didn't see that coming. Well, you know, that's that's just the Viking style of play. That's true. That's true. They, they don't like just let it happen. They like to pretend quarterbacks can't run until it's actually happening, and then they 
stare in disbelief for so long that, you know, it keeps happening. Speaking of disbelief. Yeah. Nice transition. Yeah, that was smooth. Southern Illinois coach Barry Hinson. Can we put the rant up, uh, the link up to his rant with the podcast? Eric says yes. Yes. That is doable. We've gotten the go-ahead. So I'm, I'm assuming that you've heard it by now, uh, and like I said, it'll accompany the podcast. I heard a lot of people calling it kind of inappropriate yesterday because he called out his players, mm-hmm. um, said that his wife, my wife, will at least shot fake, could do better than shooting two for 11, which his forwards did. He said that he thought his players thought it was Christmas with the amount of turnover gifts that they were giving out. He compared his young team to training the puppy dog. He said that he thought there were snipers in the gym with the amount of times that his players were falling down. Was it inappropriate? Was it funny? Was it both? What was your take on, on the rant? It was both. A little, it was only slightly inappropriate, you yeah. know, and it wasn't like he didn't make, he didn't dig himself a big enough hole that, you know, they're going to consider firing him. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was, I think a lot of times you see these coaches and they just are so stressed out. Mm-hmm. They're trying to build a program. They can't go out there and play and fix it. And I just think you just kind of saw a meltdown. I thought it was funny. I, I did think it was funny too. And I, I mean, you wonder how smart some of these guys are. Maybe he's like, well, if I put my team in the spotlight a little bit, maybe they'll play better. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, that's what he was thinking. It was a, I think it was a desperate motivational tactic. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just thought it was a guy. Maybe at the end of his rope, the, yeah. the athletic director said that I, you know, he's a good man, but he's prone to these Yosemite Sam type. Uh, I love Yosemite Sam. Out first, yeah. If my coach was Yosemite Sam, I would play for that man. You know, and see some of the great rants, like the great rants of all time. I love coaching rants. And nobody, in the best ones are where, you know, nobody's feelings really get hurt. And I think this is one of those. I mean, I don't think anything was said that can't be undone, fixed with a yeah, man. I just. Or Lost winning. it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, sorry guys. Yeah. Um, and then there was one, one really underrated rant, just as a, as a sort of aside. Did you see SportsCenter was running down the top rants yesterday? There was a female, I think it was a Michigan basketball coach, uh, the women's basketball I team. I, I must have missed that one. He comes into the frame with like his box score stat sheet and like slams it. And he's like, that's all I feel right now. Darn it. We can't get one damn offensive rebound. And, uh, Maybe we'll post that link too. But I, but I'm a huge fan of coaching rants. I really want like I want like the the golden ticket of coaching rants. I want like somebody who's completely composed all the time and like never gets upset to just completely lose their shit and just Who would that be? Like a oh, Tony man. Dungy who's no longer Or like a, a Bill Belichick like yeah. just freaking out and like actually talking for more than one word. Yeah. Yeah. We've got too many good. kitty cats. We need some dowels. Or like basketball, um, Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Or somebody like, like, Popovich. Gino Oriyama. Like, seeing Ooh, him just, fun. like, lose his composure. Cause he's so, you know, not a hair out of place with Gino. No, he's very suave. He is. I'm feeling suave right now. I, yeah, just thinking about him. I'm he, feeling smog right now. Yeah. Let's take a break. Okay. Get our bearings. I'm a little, I had too much coffee. I had way too much. Or not enough. I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll iron that out in the break. Maybe have another cup or two. And when we come back, then, I'd like you to give us a little review of the desolation of Samaria. I'll do it. Okay, that's all coming up on the podcast.
Welcome back into the cast of Pods. I like that. That was very uh, impromptu. Yoda esque. Yes. Um, let's. <laughs> you thought about doing. You thought about it. Yeah. I, I don't want to do no, Yoda. I, it's I don't good. think it's going to translate yeah. too well. Um, <laughs> speaking of mystical creatures, yeah. Let's talk about the desolation of Smaug. Smaug. Uh, we don't know why we say it like that. It's just fun. Everybody says it like that now. It's really catching on. I think I've started something. I'm trending on Twitter. Um, a little context for you. I'm a huge fan of the original Lord of the Rings movie trilogy, like my favorite movies of all time. And then when they came out with like The Hobbit, um, which is what the prequel to Smaug, kind yeah, kind of yeah. Um, I just kind of thought it was like the for kids version of Lord of the Rings. I thought it was like a little cartoony. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just didn't think it was as good. And so my expectations were lowered for Smaug. And did you read? The book? Ever? No. No, okay, never read the book. Not a reader. Okay, um, I think the reason it came off that way is because they've taken kind of one book that's probably the length of any one of the Lord of the Rings trilogies and tried to stretch it out into three movies to make more money. Okay. It gives you a lot of downtime. Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money. Right. Okay. It's just, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, there's things added in there that weren't in the book, um... And just parts, it's like half hour of like droning on sometimes just about stuff that, just make it two movies and get right to it and everyone's happy. Is there any Urukai, not orcs, but Urukai in Smaug? No, not at this, not at thus. That's why juncture. I can't get into it. I just, I like the. You didn't, you didn't like the giant pale orc guy with the. It was the okay. Iron hand or whatever it is. It's, the Urukai make. Um, the Two Towers, my favorite Lord of the Rings movie ever. Yeah. The, the battle at Helm's Deep is unparalleled in movie history. Oh, it is. It's a, it's the most epic battle ever. Back when I exercised, you mm-hmm. know, like in high school, um, I used to run on the on the treadmill to that scene, and you wouldn't even know you were working out. You're just so pumped up. Oh, those are the best. Emotionally invested. Very emotionally um, invested. That said, though, it is it is a good movie. Smaug. Yeah. It's is good. it better than than the yes. the recent Hobbit movie that it, came out? It's, it's unexpected journey. It's a little bit more of. Didn't the... it seem a little kid like though? The, these last yes. two. It's not as it's not as like grave or I don't know. Intense. No, it will get. It does get a little bit more. Like this movie is certainly more intense. That's what I kind of felt. Like. Um, than the first one, and there's more action and stuff, and but at the same time, it, it's kind of like. I feel I really do feel like it's basically just kind of a ploy to make money. I guess. Yeah. They didn't. Really, it wasn't really about like being being true to the story or like making a good representation of the story. It was like let's make something that we can make some good previews out of and yeah. really just hit a home run in the box. Sell the hell out of it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the original three stuck pretty close to. Yeah. Uh, you know there were. Even kind of despite itself, there were the Ents wandering through the forest, which yeah. was like the most boring thing ever, but they did it. Yeah. Um, and they made it, and they worked it in without making it, like, off. Deadly. Yeah. 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 Um, well, okay. The Ents are one of my favorite parts, actually. I, You're an Ent guy. I am an Ent guy. You just wish the trees would talk to you in everyday life. They carry me around. Yeah. 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 But it was good. It was. It's worth seeing. I saw it in 3D. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, How was the dragon at the end? Really cool. Yeah. By far the best part of the movie is the dragon. Okay. They always make you wait. Just like Helm's Deep, they make you wait for that epic battle scene at the end. That's the best. And it, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. As you would expect. Um, but the dragon is awesome. So, 
if we can agree, I don't know if we can, the original Lord of the Rings, let's say, are a 10 out of 10. Do you okay. feel that way? Yeah. In, sure. In terms as far of movies. as what it is. I mean, I've always been looking for something to fill that Lord of the Rings void, which is why I love Game of Thrones. Yeah. If, if original trilogy is a 10, what is, like... Smaug and unexpected journey. Thus far, yeah, I'd give it like a seven and a half. Okay, um, and I mean they could definitely redeem themselves with a a real walloping finale. Yeah, but that's another year away, so who cares? Yeah, who does care? Let's get off of Smaug and let's go into. Uh, can you give us a hockey update? Yeah, news and notes, things you're thinking. Actually, I was just looking before we jump back into it. Um, Wild goalie Josh Harding is going to be on IR for the next week because they're changing his MS medication. Kind of frightening. It is. I was a little scared. Um, I think it's awesome that he's playing and playing so well. Yeah, too. he's one of the best goalies in hockey. This Did you year. say best goals against average in the in the league right now? Going into the last game against Vancouver, he did. I can actually check right now to see if he's still holding on to that. Um, but after really struggling last year and and having it, yeah, he's still. Has the best goal against average in that's hockey. That's incredible. 1.51. That is incredible. That's that's really good. Now, is this the type of thing where... I guess it's only going to be a week, so hopefully he'll I, come back and not miss a beat. I guess my question is long-term, Do you know does the Wild have any sort of prognosis of... I mean, because this is a, a, you know, a, progressively, a disease that progressively gets worse right. and it's more debilitating. Does the Wild have any projection of he'll be able to play for the rest of this year? They think he'll play for two more years. They've, they've not really delved into that. I think they're just leaving it up to him. Yeah. Um, he's young enough, I think, and he's pursuing a pretty aggressive treatment of the disease, okay. which is, I think, why they're giving him some time off to adjust to new medications and stuff like that. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. I, the way he's playing now, you'd say he's got years left in him. Okay. Um, and you hope that to be the case for the guy. Doesn't seem to have any ill effects the way he's playing thus far. No, and I think they're going to leave it up to him and just kind of see... If he if he wants to keep playing and he's still playing well, um, they'll let him play. Kind of a really good feel good story though that I don't think gets nearly enough. I mean, you're playing maybe the most important position in sports. Yeah, with with MS, certainly one of the most difficult. Yeah, you know those. If you ever even if you know how hard it is to skate on hockey skates. Yeah, I can hardly I can hardly walk. Goalie skates are like even worse. It's like skating on butter knives. That sounds hard. Really awful. Have you skated on butter knives before? No. Maybe once. Maybe once. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's so he's going to miss at least a week. Um, Nicholas Baxter will come in. Who knows what will happen there, I guess. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. We'll I, wait and see. I hope, because they've been playing really well right now. They are, they would be in the, the eighth seed if the playoffs started today. A dangerous seed in hockey. You it never is. know when an eighth seed's going to make a run. But if they had gotten one or two more points, if they get one or two more points in the standings, I mean, that could change them from an eight to a four. I mean, okay, so all it's the teams are just up. bunched. Yeah. And then... After that, it really drops off. So they're not really sweating too much right now. Um, I think when the last time we talked, we did my my top five, or we talked yeah. about hockey, um, and I picked the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though they lost Steven Stamkos and they were kind of floundering, and they've managed to kind of not make me look like an idiot. Cool. And, I, and I, I'm happy Thank about you, that. Thank you, Tampa. Yeah, thanks a lot. That was nice of you. Uh, they moved back into the... They're in the third spot in the Atlantic Division there, but you know, two points behind Montreal, who's at second and forty-five points, and Boston's at forty-eight. So they're—I mean—they're within striking distance at the top of their their division, and certainly a lot left to be decided. Yeah, and they—I mean—I think if the playoffs started today, they would be in. So there's something to be said for that. 
In that same vein, Eric posed a really good topic. Not a question, I guess a topic. He wanted to hear our top five hockey and NBA duos. So I don't know if you have your hockey guys ready yet. I can come up with something. If not, I can go NBA right now and then we can come back. Yeah, go start with your NBA and um, I think we'll be ready to roll. Okay, well, I, I here's my top five. So the best duos, the, the, the guys, I guess you could look at it. Who do you want right now? Who do you want to build around? I'll just get into it and we'll discuss. Okay. Number one, I put, um, might be a little bit of a surprise, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. I put them over LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I like that. I, I agree with that. Now, obviously, if you combine all four of those players, Durant, Westbrook, James, and Wade, you would pick LeBron first. Yeah. But I think two and three would be Durant and Westbrook, and Wade is kind of falling off the back. Uh, Definitely. 19 points a game this year. Just He needs so much time off, and I think... You know, if Durant and James can sort of cancel each other out, Westbrook is just a, a more impactful player than, than Dwayne Wade. So I put LeBron and Dwayne at number two. Number three, the OGs that everyone likes to forget about, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan. That's a good one. Um, you know, everyone kind of wants to look at the Spurs like it's a team thing and, and not give... Maybe that's just because that's their mindset in San Antonio. But mm-hmm. without Tony Parker and Tim Duncan, you'd have a lot of... Manu Ginobili and Marco Bellinelli out on the court, and Matt Bonner, and that's not a real good thing. And Is it Bonner or Boner? However you want. Okay. Um, depends on if he's making threes or not. Um, Fair enough. And then number four, I put uh, James Harden and Dwight Howard. I was watching the, the, the Rockets actually last night, and as much as I don't like Dwight Howard, it's kind of sad to watch him. He's still putting up you know, 17, 18 points, 14 rebounds, but it's just not the flying with a Superman cape from the free throw line Dwight Howard anymore. He's slower. Um, he doesn't have that kind of second jump ability to go after an offensive rebound. He's just not quite as above the rim as he used to be. Mm-hmm. He's only 27 years old, but he's had the back surgery. And I don't know if he's going to get it back. And the, and the thing that, that you notice about Dwight Howard, they list him at 6'11", and when he was such an athletic guy, you know, playing above the rim, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a true center. But he's probably actually only 6'9", and you're looking at him, like, next to, like, Blake Griffin. They're the same height. Yeah. And or, or Dwight might be shorter. And now that he's lost some of that athleticism and he's never really developed offensively as a true post player, you really see his limitations. He can't make free throws. Mm-hmm. He can't make a turnaround hook shot. Um, and then James Harden is an awesome offensive player, but he forgets to play defense all the time. There's actually a YouTube clip, I think it's called James Harden Forgets About Defense. And it's just like two minutes of him getting exposed. Um, but I'll put them four because, you know, in a league where, where the center position is weak, Dwight can still dominate. James Harden is a great uh, pick-and-roll player. Number five, maybe I have him too low, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. I just think Blake doesn't play any defense. He's just kind of a dunker. Chris Paul's a great player, but he's never done it in the playoffs, really to any significant level. So I put them number five. And mm-hmm. then a little honorable mention, because there's so many good duos in the NBA, Damian Lillard and, and LaMarcus Aldridge are on the rise. Right. Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson are coming. And then Paul George and, and Roy Hibbert for the Pacers, even though you kind of think of the Pacers more as a team attack, those are those are their two best players. Right. Um so give me your give me your hockey duos. All right, I was kind of, you know, thinking on it, and I, I 
feel like I got a pretty good okay. five together. Okay. Uh, first, I don't think there's any way that it's kind of a between one and two. I feel like you could move these four guys around a little bit, um, and you could make an argument for any of them being anywhere. But um, if it were me and I had to pick two people for my first, you know, my first duo, it would definitely be Crosby and Malkin yeah. in Pittsburgh. Malkin or Malkin? Open to interpretation. You have Guinea. Yeah. I. When it comes to Eastern European names, my approach is say it with confidence and move on. <laughs> say it with verve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Sidney Crosby, I firmly believe, is the best hockey player on the planet still. Um, just a, a really fun guy to watch, so whatever. So there you go, Crosby and Malkin first. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Yeah. I mean, and they could the easily... The Blackhawks. They could easy, easily be... The top duo as well. Is it is is it just Crosby's kind of Crosby? I just think, shoulders and and Malkin's a if if it's possible, he is almost as good in a supporting role for Crosby as Crosby is in a in kind of a leadership position. Lead role. I mean, he's you see, especially if Sidney Crosby struggles, um, you know, Malkin can really fill in the blanks where where he doesn't have them. You Can know, I just say that I was like, really awkwardly posed by me? It was beautiful. Yeah, I like when we do hockey and NBA together because I see a lot of like similarities just in that like five guys. Like one guy can be really significant in terms of impact. Like you look mm-hmm. at Crosby and like LeBron, and duos are really important and and just about the same amount of games. It's 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 a grind. Yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. I see a lot of similarities there. I like that. Give me number two. So that number two is Kane and Tate. Give me number three, I should say. And and one thing I want to say about those two, um, they're still relatively young. At least Patrick Kane is. Um, I think he's going to be. He's really a facilitator. Just a great like. Good things happen for the Blackhawks when he's on the ice. Number three, going all the way down to Anaheim to Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaf. Uh, I just kind of put them in there because right now Anaheim's like. Pretty much the best team in hockey, or up there in that in that conversation, and it's because of those two playing well. How's the Anaheim fan base? They come out and support the team. I would, yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, they're the Ducks are good like every year, or at least they have been in the last five years. It just seems like in that market, there's a lot else going on. The weather's good. Yeah, I don't know if they're supporting the team up there. And got, you got support the team. I mean, you've got other you got other draws. You got the Sharks. Um, not yeah. that they're necessarily next to each other or anything, but in California, you can be a fan of anything. Yeah. Um, but they're, I mean, Ryan Getzlaff's got 23 assists on the season. That's nothing to sneeze at, and Corey Perry's got 22 goals. Um, Getzlaff's got 39 points. That's pretty, that's pretty aggressive. It's an aggressive approach. Uh, the fourth, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I, I'm putting these guys in here mostly just for sentimental value, but also because I think that they're magic together. Okay. The Sedin twins. Okay. Henrik and Daniel, or Hank, as I like to call them. <laughs> um, went to high school with them. Yeah. They're like the funniest story in hockey. They have always played on the same hockey team. They demanded to play in the NHL together on the same team. They live like next door to each other and raise their children together. I think you get sick of the guy. Eli and Peyton should do that. Just yeah. demand to be on the same team. Throw the ball to each other. Yeah, Eli plays running back. Um, but they're, I mean, the really interesting thing about them is they have, uh, obviously from playing together so long, they're brothers or twins. They have that kind of preternatural understanding of where Ooh. the other one's going to be. I like that. you that. would expect from doppelgangers, you know? 
Doppelgangers and Predanatural. Yeah. We should do our own segment on that. Pow! Wow. They're fun to watch, though. If you ever get a chance, they, they, How am I supposed to when they're gone, when they leave, Vancouver is going to be in in uh, disarray. They'll be lost without those two. And who rounds out your top five? I'm going to go with the Homer pick. That's fine. Uh, it feels good, though. Yeah. I I don't really like um, the way Miko Koivu has been playing all that much this year, but he's still putting up pretty good numbers and, and getting Zach Parisi the puck. Um, right on the doorstep, and that's led to a lot of wins for them. So those two, Koivu and Parisi. Koivu. Koivu. That's all I have to add. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do one more thing before we take a break on the NBA, and it was just something I was thinking about when I was watching the Heat-Pacers game last night, which was a really good game. Uh, the Heat win by a bucket. LeBron probably fouled Paul George at the end of the game, but they didn't call it. So whatever. It's a regular season game that ESPN chose to hype the hell out of because they have oh, yeah. the, the rights to. Oh, let me, we're going to get in. I got something to say about that. Okay, well, let's do it in this segment, but I want to ask you this first. Okay. Um, the NBA, unlike the NFL, is kind of predictable to a point. Like, if, if there aren't injuries, it's going to be Pacers Heat in the East Finals. Right. Um, which is cool because, like, that'll be an epic. That's a like, series everybody wants. That's, that's what everybody wants, but it kind of makes everything leading up to it minutia. You know, I mm. mean, it doesn't, the 8-1 seed in the NBA, like that matchup, in hockey it seems like every year an 8 seed wins or has a yeah, chance. Yeah. In the NBA it's happened like two or three times ever. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of conflicted about it. I just wanted to see what you thought of, you know, it's cool to have that epic matchup that we all can kind of anticipate. Right. Two heavyweights going at it, but it kind of makes the rest of it irrelevant. Yeah. I think I agree. It'd be exciting to see some upset in the East somewhere. I mean, like we talked about, I think the last time, there are a couple teams that maybe could, could do it if they can kind of get their crap together. We had trouble coming up with those teams. We did. Um, but I, I like it. I, I mean, it's a series I want to see because I think that Indiana's probably the only team that can beat Miami in a playoff series. Yeah. So there. And I think out West, you know, we won't get the same. The West is so deep. I think. Could be anybody. Yeah, I, I mean, right now, Golden State, I think, is either the eight seed or out of the playoffs, and, mm-hmm. and I, nobody wants to see them. Um, so that'll that'll give us intrigue. So just don't watch the Eastern Conference playoffs until the until the finals. Yeah, and I, my big thing with this, I'm kind of sick of the way ESPN handles. This is your I've coverage. Got to say. Yeah, I got a bee in my bonnet. Yes, yes. Ben Sherman has a bee in his bonnet. Um, here we go. It's I'm just sick of. Okay, so ESPN carries NBA games. Yeah. They don't carry hockey games. No, and that's and they never talk about and it. And they they never talk about hockey. They don't write about hockey. You know, I it's I, like you'll you'll have a great finish in a hockey game, like, you know, overtime or a shootout or something like that, like a really exciting game. And it's like they're beating to death a horse of like, you know, some team, some NBA team getting beat by thirty eight points and like showing the like the highlights they show are like, here's the first bucket of the game. Yeah. At that point, it was two to nothing, jumping out to an early. It's like who cares? And they try to come up with like weird ways to use their like tech tools. Like it's here's so, a we're gonna make Paul George flash yeah. for this highlight. It's so self-serving, and it's just like maybe that's what people want to see. But if they don't start doing something about that, they're gonna alienate myself, well, and I'll go elsewhere. And John, I will. I think it was. I believe you. I think it was John Skipper, the president of ESPN, or or one of the higher up suits. Yeah. That said, you know. Because they used to have some hockey rights, and they said, well, we don't show any less of it than we used to. And I don't think that's true. I mean, that, yeah. you would forget that hockey is one of the major sports if you watch SportsCenter. I don't think there was – the only time you see hockey on, on SportsCenter 
is during the top 10 plays. Yeah. And that's a disservice because hockey isn't really a highlight sport. No. You know, it, it's, it's not. It's something you have to watch and kind of feel the pace of the game. And to be honest with you, it's probably the easiest sport to do, um, to do, you know, cover on a game kind of, after, or do a recap of, because there's only five goals. Yeah. I mean, you can tell a story about hockey game pretty quickly and easily. And like, it just, I mean, watch these, the rundown that they have now, you know? Yeah. It's, there's almost never any hockey games in there ever. Unless it's, you know, it'll be, they'll throw in like one Blackhawks game every once in a while and one yeah. Penguins game and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So you can see Crosby. It's stupid. And I, I, I have, I respect that other people like the NBA, but it's just, I mean, they're really, it's like, well, maybe we show enough NBA highlights, we'll create more interest in the product that we're trying to put out there. Yeah, and I, I understand that to a point, but it doesn't, the NBA doesn't outrate hockey by as much as, 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 as disproportionate as the coverage is. Right. I should say. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. And, you know, I, I understand it's a business, but you also have sort of an obligation. You're a news organization. It's supposed yes, to be like, man. you yeah. need to cover. Objectivity is, is valuable, I think. Yeah, and you need to cover. I mean, hockey is important to a lot of people. And I think Fox Sports 1, who has emerged as kind of not a competitor because it's hard to it's hard to beat Goliath. Yeah. But, but I think that's an area that if they started hammering hockey, they might be able to steal some of that ESPN audience that feels a lot like you do. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, I, I'll go, basically, I watch the Fox Sports hockey little deal that they do before the wild games mm -hmm. and nbc their hockey coverage is far superior to espn yeah and they they have some you know they cover you know they they carry the sport so they're more likely to, to cover it but I, I think espn's missing what happened to barry melrose i haven't seen him around much this year he maybe got drunk and fell in the snowbank i'm still barry. looking for him cool do too cool is the rule cool is the rule let's take a break okay we'll cool down and then can we talk about our least favorite athletes in sports? Yes. Okay. Some acrimony coming up on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the podcast. We are going to the zoo. Play some of our anger and rage. Yes. Well, we're not that Light bad. that fire. I just drank way too much coffee. I'm yeah. just like jittery and excited. But we're going to talk about our least favorite athletes in sports. Currently in sports. Yeah, or or it could be like figures. Like, okay. Like Pete Carroll. I'll start it off. <laughs> right away. I'll shoot out of the, shoot from the it head. Was, it wasn't even like a, oh, just for example. It was yeah. like, this is the guy this I hate the most. This is precisely the man. And he's not like a bad guy. He's like generally like a positive person. Yeah. Maybe that's why I hate him. Um, it is why. But he also coaches my arch rival, Seattle Seahawks, and I hate the way he chews his gum. It just, it grinds my gears. Yeah. It's a bee in my bonnet. It's a burr in my saddle. I just wish, it just, just smacks of just like arrogance mm -hmm. and just that whole Seattle team. So I wrote down Pete Carroll. Okay. Richard Sherman, who plays for that team. Yeah. I respect him as the best defensive back or the best corner in football, but I just don't think you have to talk that much. Um, 
I put yeah. I put Dwight Howard down, who also you'll you'll sense a Homer theme here. Yes, he's, I get that. He spurned my Lakers, but I didn't like him before he came. I was actually kind of glad he left. And just the he's just a twenty seven year old infant, and it just drives me nuts. Cortland Finnegan, kind of a dirty player. Yeah, Cam Newton. I do hate Cortland Finnegan too. He, I gotta say, I really hate Cortland Finnegan. He's just one of those guys that that lives to irritate. Mm-hmm. He's a he's like Costanza. Uh, you know what it is? It's the red hair. Could be. Could be. And just, like, if Andre Johnson rips off your helmet and punches you in the head, like, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, deserved it. You probably deserved it. Cam Newton, I can't stand his press conferences. When he told that female reporter, when he called her sweetheart and then said that he was going to set up a suggestion box for ways to make the Panthers better, I hated that. Yeah. Um, he also chews his gum very arrogantly. Yeah, I just think he's kind of a fair-weather guy. Yeah. Marshall Henderson, remember him from Ole Miss? Vaguely. He shot like 31% and scored 20 points a game. So he's just a, he's a chucker, and he won't stop talking. Richie Incognito, I never liked. Dirty player, like him less now. He also look, actually looks like an overgrown baby. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Braun and A-Rod and Barry Bonds, kind of the cheater triumvirate. Yeah. Even though I'm a Brewers fan. The Holy Grail. Yeah. And then Novak Djokovic. Really? You don't like the Joker? No. I mean, he used to, like, before he could beat Federer and Nadal, he would, like, retire all the time in those matches and be like, oh, my, I've got an ingrown leg hair. It hurts super bad. Yeah. And I can't. I can't possibly go on. I don't like the, I don't like guys that talk too much, even if they can back it up. I don't like, kind of like the Fairweather guys, like mm-hmm. Dwight and Cam and Novak. And I don't like cheaters. You know what? Act like you've been there before. That's what my dad says. Yeah. Isn't it? It's good advice. I agree. Yeah, it's true. I, but once it, I mean, once it actually happens, if I were to score a touchdown or a goal or oh, whatever, yeah. you never act like you've been there. Well, I've never like, been there before. Yeah! <laughs> you just scream and yeah! jump around and fist pump and all that stuff. Who are your least liked? There are some guys on your list that also fit into that category for me. Yeah. Uh, namely, Ryan Braun, A-Rod, Barry Bonds. Yes. All three of them. Um, they're kind of will be, or I guess we'll see, but they could be responsible for the death of baseball. Yeah, I mean, you you know, what they've done, I mean, the other guys, you know, Dwight Howard's not a just bad personality human body. being. Yeah, he just kind of rubs me the wrong but way. But they've actually done, they've what they've done is detrimental to their sport. Yeah, I mean, you've got a whole era of Hall of Fame mm-hmm. that, that you can't really, you can't vote on it. Right. I mean, from... Because they ruined it. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, I mean, these guys are the headliners, there are plenty of other bad guys, what, and what bothers, I mean, Barry Bonds, I guess, I hate actually less than A-Rod and Ryan Braun. At least he played the villain role. Yeah. He knew he was a bad guy. He wasn't like, he didn't come out and try to, you know, proclaim his his innocence after a positive test or anything. I mean, that really eats at me. Yeah, I, yeah, I should have put Braun. Roger Clemens on here, too. I can't stand that guy. The Rocket? Yeah. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't do you it. You like the rocket? I there's some. There's a little. He's just. He's a. He's a gunslinger. There's a, <laughs> there's a place in my heart for gunslingers. I should have put Brett Favre on here too. Oh yeah, right. I loved him until I hated him. Yeah, and now you love him again, kind of. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you convinced me. You, you've forgiven him. <laughs> yep. It's all over. <laughs> oh man. Any anybody you'd care to add? Yes. I really do hate um, JJ Barea. Strange. I don't hate you. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't. Hate I just him. thought that that was like somebody that nobody could hate. Um, I don't like LeBron James. I'd I have understand to put him that. on there. I just, I feel like he took the decision away. No, 
you'd still dislike him? Well, maybe. I would I would dislike him a lot less. Okay. But I guess what I don't like about him... I, it's one of those things you just can't put your finger on. Like, you look at somebody like, I'm really sorry, I just don't like you. Yeah, I mean... I can't, I, and I've tried. I didn't like him for a while because of the whole, I'm a big Kobe fan. Yeah. And I didn't like the comparisons before he had kind of earned anything. Yeah. And I also didn't like that he would shy away from the moment in the yeah. clutch. He wouldn't take the big shot. I remember there was an all-star game where he wouldn't even take the big shot, and Kobe was yelling at him on the floor. It was like my favorite moment of all time. As um, it should be. You know, I just thought he, LeBron just kind of wouldn't man up. I, if, if you're going to be the best, you have to take those shots. But he, you know, senses one, two rings, and it's kind of hard to, to argue that anymore. I really feel like... And I know I really hear myself saying that more and more often these days. What? I really feel like, but sometimes you say I really do think, and that always it draws me in. Yeah, I've started saying I really do think as well. I think one of the biggest reasons I don't like him is that he's always been in that Michael Jordan conversation, and I still don't think he deserves to be. Yeah, it's probably premature. It's been premature since Jump Street, but I mean, since the guy came out of high school, it's like, well, is this the next Michael Jordan? Yeah. He had the audacity to wear the number twenty-three. Yeah, and then he changed it to number six, and he was like, "I don't oh, want to respect. I don't want to disrespect." You know who wore number six? Bill Russell. So, uh, you know, hello, LeBron. You know, and that's that's just it. It's like there was there, he was never humble. Yeah, he it was, was, it was kind of I have arrived, and yeah. it wasn't just the media. Everything was owed to him. Like yeah. he was like the heir apparent, and I don't like that. Yeah, and some guys kind of shrug off the spotlight. Like Andrew Wiggins from Kansas is supposed to be like the next big thing, but he's purposely avoided the spotlight. I kind of like that. Yeah, I like I like. Guys that are quietly, um, a Jerry Rice, quietly successful. You know, they're they're probably the best at what they do, but you don't hear from them a lot. They don't talk a lot of trash. Kevin Durant, yeah, doesn't say much. Adrian Peterson doesn't say anything for a guy that you know is is probably the best athlete on the field at any given time. You don't really hear a lot from him, and I like that. Um, who else do I hate? Can it be anybody? Can I just start talking about people that I hate from my childhood? Too? Yeah, sure. That guy that beat you up this in second kid, grade. His name was Jake. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, I guess if I had to name one more, Jim Schwartz has got to go in there for me. Yeah, he's just kind of he's got that hunch drunk face. Yeah, and he just I feel like he has absolutely nothing to do with any success that that team might experience. If they win, it's because they have freak athletes. Yeah, and if they lose, it's because he's a terrible coach. I like that. Yeah, Schwartz added to my list as well. Put him in there. This is the venting segment. Yeah. Um, I don't really like Novak Djokovic either, but that's only because I really like Rafa. It's hard to hate tennis players because they're just kind of... They play tennis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's about it. I don't hate very many people. Well, let's finish it there. Hopefully, you listeners got a little bit of rage out with us. Yeah. You know, whatever hole it came out of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that threw me off. Um, let's have you guys... You can tweet... At us, you can Facebook us. Yeah, you can leave a comment on our website today in sports about athletes that you despise. Yeah, and we'll just create this cloud of rage. Yeah, nothing is better during the holiday season than a cloud of negative energy. Exactly, and that's where we're going to end it. The dayinsports.com, TDIS underscore humblebrag, and uh, we'll catch you next time.